0: There was always something that kept me hopeful. Uh, Even in the darkest times, there was something within me that kept uh, Spark alive. This something made me believe that things were going to get better. I now know that that something was the gentle pulling of God to come home. I have Hebrews 6.19 tattooed on me because of this truth that God is the hope that anchors my soul. Uh, The hope of eternity is what keeps my feet on the ground and pursuing God. The hope I have now is the same hope that I had back then, hoping that better days are ahead. The difference is that now I know my God has better days ahead for me, uh, all the way into eternity. Well, it's so great to be here uh, with all of you who made your way here to be here with us physically. So glad that you're with us. And all of you who are joining us online, I want to welcome you too. So glad uh, that you could join us wherever you're watching from. And I want to welcome all of us to week number two uh, of a series that we're in called Waymaker. And what we're doing uh, is we're looking at this song Waymaker, and we're just taking a look at the four descriptions of God in that song, uh, and as we prepare for Christmas, as we prepare for the arrival uh, of Jesus. So last week, we started this by looking uh, at God the Waymaker, uh, and today, we're gonna look at the next description of God, uh, which is Miracle Worker. We're gonna look at Miracle Worker today, and uh, I just wanna say something right out of the gate. I really did have a hard time uh, with this message this week. I had, a, I had a wrestling with this. I was wrestling with this because right now, um, Just what we're dealing with. We're dealing with um, the loss of a really good friend, not just a friend of mine, but a minister to many people here. And as a church, we're we're really feeling this with John and, and trying to navigate how to minister to his family with... Uh, with all of that, it, and it was just really hard for me to look into this and and, and, and be ready uh, to talk about uh, the miracle worker, and so I was thinking about this, and I was praying about this, and I was just really asking God, I was like, God, I don't know how to do, I don't know, I don't know how to talk about miracles right now, how do I do this, how do I do this, and I'm just gonna, honestly, guys, I'm just gonna tell you what happened uh, as I was doing that, as I was doing that, um, honestly, like, John just kept coming up to my mind, or at least, like, the Lord was kind of sending me John's way, and I just almost like felt like, how much John would get on me if I did not talk about the God of miracles, everybody? Like I almost felt him saying, dude, like you better talk about the God of miracles, man. You better talk about the Jesus I know and the Jesus that I'm with. Don't make this about me, man. You preach about the miracle worker. Amen, everybody. So that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, that's what I'm gonna do, and I pray as we do this that God uh, ministers to all of us, wherever we are with him. So let's just pray. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, uh, we need you, we need you, we need to hear from you, we need to hear from your truth, we need to hear from the things that never change, and that's you. God, right now, I just know many of us need an answer, we need some things to help minister us, so I pray that you just minister to us, Uh, I pray that as as you um, show us something today that, that we could take it and grow in you and learn from you and and take a step with you wherever we may be with you. Thank you for Jesus who makes a way for us. Thank you for Jesus for the promise of eternity that we can hold on to and have hope uh, in. We love you, and we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, um, there's a lot in a name, right? There's a lot in a name. Names are very important, right? When it comes to you, when it comes to other people, uh, there's, a, there's a lot that comes in the name. It actually helps describe you sometimes, right? Like, if, if you heard the names Mildred and Molly, you would know who's probably eating prunes right now, right? Like, you'd have a good guess about who's eating prunes right now. If, if you heard, hey, a guy named Tiny is coming, you would probably ascertain that he does not look like me, everybody, right? You know, I'm like, I am not someone, like, you, you would say that, like, somebody who looks like me, you, you, he would not be named Tiny, right? So, uh, right now, our family, right now, our family is going through this weird thing of trying to name a dog that we don't even have yet. We don't even have the dog, and I'm like, how can you name a dog you haven't seen him? Like, you gotta look at him and say, no, I'm gonna name him Always Peeing or something, right? Like, you, know you have to have the dog first before you name it. Actually, uh, one of the greatest names uh, of a dog that I've heard so far is, as, as my son's teacher right now, uh, they actually got a dog during this pandemic, and they called the dog, the dog's name is Corona. I think that's great. I think that's great. And even better, even better, I think it's gonna be even better five years from now when this whole thing's gone, and people are gonna say, man, they must really love beer. They named their dog Corona. Corona, right? Like, you know that's funny. You know that's funny, okay? Let's go. Here we go. We're going to look at this name because there's something in a name. Psalm 77, here's what it says Psalm 77, 13 to 14. It says, What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles, you display your power among the people so here we go black and white just so we all see it and what God's Word says and who he says he is we have a God our God is a miracle worker everybody now I want you to see this because it doesn't say that God was a miracle worker it's that he is a miracle worker he is a God of miracles and so I want to start by saying this before we get into miracles happening into our lives because we're gonna talk about that today Uh, but here's the deal I thought about this here's the deal if you're wondering about Christianity, or if you're here, or maybe you are a Christian, you want to know a little bit more about what it means for you to be a Christian and about the Christian life, uh, I want to say this when it comes to Christianity and faith in Jesus Christ. This is really something that you want to think about. The Christian life in and of itself is a miraculous life, period. It's a miraculous life, because here's, I'm just going to tell you, here's how the Christian life actually begins, The Christian life begins with coming to know Jesus as your Savior, okay? And here's the miracle. The miracle is that you get a new life. You get a new life. You get forgiveness. You get exoneration from the penalty of sin that everybody has, which is death. You get exoneration from that. And you get new birth into God's kingdom that lasts forever. That is an amazing miracle in and of itself. And so not only that, that's how it begins, uh, but then the Christian life actually ends here on this earth by continuing on in heaven. And listen to this. And you be ma- being made perfect by Jesus. Now listen, even you have to admit that you being made perfect is pretty miraculous, everybody, okay? And the person next to you, look at him. even a greater miracle that they're being made perfect. Look at him. Don't, don't look at them too hard, okay? But I'm just saying, it's amazing. It's astonishing, it's shocking. Listen, it's an amazing miracle. It's an amazing miracle, Is Christian life and what God did, what he's doing, and what he will do. And here's the thing. Here's the other thing. That even in between, even in between those things, that God actually still, that's not just enough, that he still actually does miracles while we're here on this earth. He still will do miracles in our lives. And I think for us, I think for us sometimes we miss, I think we miss, what these miracles are I think we miss them for a few reasons I think we miss miracles that God does Because uh, I think we don't have a good understanding of them I think we miss them because we have a, a bad understanding And sometimes I think we get confused On what miracles actually are On what they really are And So I want to talk about this really quick Before we get into miracles happening in our lives uh, So with God there are actually two kinds of miracles There are two kinds of miracles that can happen uh, th- This is the first one that have. There are supernatural miracles that happened, it still happen today. Uh, these are the, like the, the, the amazing miracles. This is like the, the you know, feeding 5,000 with a few loaves of bread and a couple of fishes, like splitting the sea wide open, all that kind of stuff. Cancer disappearing for an unexplainable reason, like all that kind of stuff. These are the kind of miracles that, that you will you just never forget that are just like unbelievable that happen. So, so those are miracles that can happen. So, so you have the supernatural miracles, but then you also have another kind that God does, and, and they're, they're what called life change miracles. Their life change miracles, which are the times where God, listen to me, literally changes something in you. Like, he changes something in you. He changes He changes your direction. He changes your heart. He brings you to faith in Jesus Christ. And, and I want us to think about these for a second. I want us to think about, because I think we get these a little mixed up for a few things. I think we get this mixed up. Before we get into talking about miracles we want and the ones we wish would happen, I think that sometimes, actually most of the time, we actually recognize the supernatural miracles as being the bigger miracles and the life-changing ones being the lesser ones. But just think about this. I want you to think about this as you go through your own sort of grid on which ones are the better ones and which ones are the the lesser ones. See, the thing about the supernatural miracles, while they're amazing and when you see them, you you can't deny it, here's the thing. They only last as long as on this earth. Every supernatural miracle only lasts as long as we're on this earth. But listen to me, when God changes you, like when he he changes your mind, when he changes your heart, when he changes your soul, when he changes your direction, gang, listen to me, that lasts forever. That is a miracle that is eternal and not temporary. And sometimes I just think, before we get moving on this, sometimes I just think uh, we get the greater and lesser miracles mixed up in our thinking uh, from time to time. So I I just want us to have this perspective as we move forward as we talk about this uh, it's just something I think is really important for us to know about God and and us and the Christian life and and what we're going after what we ask for what we hope for and what we actually have happening uh, in our lives because here's the thing gang we still do see miracles happening like, that's the truth. We still see these amazing supernatural things that happen. And here's the other thing. We want to see God do the impossible, don't we? We want to see him do these amazing things. And we've heard stories. You know, we, we've read testimonies. We, we've seen testimonies of that happening in people's lives. But here's the deal, too, for all of us. We've also had times. We've also had times where we've prayed and uh, God didn't seem to give us what we were thinking we should get where we it didn't, we didn't happen with the thing we prayed for. We asked and we did not receive uh, the miracle that we hoped for. And, and here's the question, why does this happen? Right, why does this happen? And I'm gonna start, I just wanna start before I try my best to answer this, I'm gonna start by saying I would be a dingbat if I was stood up here and said that I know the answer to that question. Like I would, I, would, I would not, I don't know all the answers why. Gang, listen, I've had times, there are things that I've hoped for in my life and they didn't happen. And it made me wonder why, because I thought they were perfectly reasonable to ask God to happen for my life. And they left me wondering why. Why did God do this one over here, uh, but not that one over there? And listen to me, we've all been there, gang. That's the thing. The scale may be different. The scale may be different on what you've asked for, what I've asked for, what they've asked for, but we've all experienced that. And so with that, here's what I wanna do this morning as we navigate this together. Uh, I wanna see what the Bible just has to say about this. I wanna see uh, what God has to say about this. And here's my hope. My hope is that this helps us with some direction. It helps us give some guide rails on how God actually operates with us and miracles down here on this earth. Even though we don't have all the answers, that we can just have some answers in this and help us answer a few of these questions. So I wanna look, here's what I wanna look at today if you're taking this. I wanna look at a few reasons why God doesn't do miracles. And then after that, after we get that foundation, look at how do we lean in on still On the God of miracles who is still doing and wants to do miracles in and around our lives and lean in on the miracle worker. If I looked at this and I studied this, especially studying about Jesus and seeing what he's done, uh, I came across uh, at least three reasons, at least three reasons why God doesn't do miracles. And here's the first reason if you're taking notes. The first reason why God won't perform miracles is he will not do it just to prove himself. He won't do it. Just to prove himself. Have you ever done that, right? Where you're like, God, okay, if you do this one thing, if you do this one thing, then then, then that's it. That's I'll be done. I'll stop questioning you. And I'll never cuss again. Have you ever done that, right? You ever done that? And uh, you know, and, but that's not how God works. I wish that's how He works. Sometimes I really wish it was that easy uh, for me, but that's not uh, how He does things. Actually, uh, Mark in the book of Mark, he he writes about Jesus, uh, and, and Jesus is going back and forth with these guys, the Pharisees. These are the teachers of the law. They really knew uh, the religious law. They knew all this stuff about God, and so they're. Really Going back and forth with Jesus, and they kept asking Jesus these questions, but they weren't very genuine questions. They were just they were just trying to test Jesus. And so they get done, and they're probably tired of just Jesus really laying one on them all the time. And so they did, finally the fair one of the Pharisees just basically says, "Okay, Jesus, okay, then then how about this? Just do something that proves right, proves right. Now. Do something right now that proves that you are the Son of God. And here's what Jesus says in Mark eight twelve. It says, "I love this. It says he sighed deeply, just like." He sighed deeply and he said, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got back into the boat and crossed to the other side. So Jesus here, I wanna be, I just wanna, he's really clear here with them and he's really clear with us too. He said, here's why I didn't come. I didn't come to do parlor tricks for you. I'm not here to just be a push-button God that's gonna do everything that you want on the whims that you have. That's not why I came. I will not do it just to prove myself. I think a lot of people... Actually I really do I think a lot of people Would say this Well man if he would just Do more miracles in my life Then I would believe him more Andy If he just did more Of those things in my life uh, Then, then that, I, that sounds fair right I would just believe him more And that sounds fair right uh, But here's the deal This is the deal This is why I love the Bible This is, why I, this is a little plug To read your Bible I think why you should Read your Bible Because uh, he gives us Some answers uh, about this And, and uh, so God helps us here uh, Because he already tried that And it didn't work Really? And he shows us this. Like in the Bible, if you start reading, I'm telling you you should read your Bible. Uh, If you get in there and start reading the Bible, you'll see just in the Old Testament alone how God did all these amazing things in front of his people. Like, just crazy, unbelievable things, like splitting the sea wide open in half, like dropping food from heaven. Like, that's crazy. Following them uh, at night on the pillar of fire. I mean, could you imagine seeing a pillar of fire and knowing that that was God? Like, he did all those things uh, out of his goodness. He did miracles for his people. And then in the New Testament, we see Jesus do all these things too. He did miraculous, amazing things, walked on water. We we come across over 30 times where he just heals people. And and these are like crazy, like what did he just do right there? Like they're uh, they're nuts, like they're unexplainable. Uh, And Jesus performed these to heal people. And and, and here's the thing, we're all thinking, yeah, that's what I need. Andy, that's what I want to see. If I just saw that with my own eyes, then that would be it for me. No more questions, no more doubt, no more wondering. That's all I need. But here's the thing, gang. Here's what I didn't tell you. Here's what I didn't tell you. Like, what I didn't tell you about all these miracles that God did and all these things that Jesus did in front of his people, here it is. The people still drifted away. They still turned to other gods. They made false gods as well. And even with Jesus, listen to me, even when they saw what he, what he did, people still made excuses not to follow him. It's crazy. So we think, I I know, we think that that would solidify it for us, right? We think, that's what I need, that's what I'm missing. But Jesus says, man, I love this. He's like, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, it doesn't work. I think that's what he would say. He's like, I did it. And and it's not going to end the way that you think it's going to end. And plus, Jesus is saying, even if I did do it all the time, you would just end up worshiping the miracle and not me at all. Been there, done that. That's what he would say. First reason why God doesn't do a miracle is he won't do it just to prove himself. Here's a second reason why he won't do it. He also won't do it when there is no faith. You know, there's only, uh, there's only a couple places in the Bible... Well, I don't know. I haven't really done a test on this. I know there's a couple places in the Bible that when I read it, it shakes me, okay? It, like, shakes me to my core. And we're about to read uh, one of them. Uh, Jesus had been traveling. He'd been traveling all over, uh, talking about the kingdom of God. He was just on his ministry. He was telling people, healing people, doing all these amazing things. And then one day, uh, he and his followers, they actually come back uh, to his hometown where he was born, uh, Nazareth. And he comes back. And so there are these people that knew Jesus, they, and they grew up with Jesus, and, and they, they, they knew him as a kid, and so I don't know why, but it, it says that they ended up actually rejecting Jesus as deity. They, they denied him being God. They're like, yeah, I know, but I, I remember you as a teenager, right? Like, they, I don't know what it was, but for some reason in his hometown, uh, they denied his deity, and here's what it says. shakes me me the core, I'm telling you. It says, and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And gang, every time I come across it, every time I read this, I want you to catch what this is saying. They missed out on what Jesus could do because of their lack of faith. They missed out on the miracles that he could do in their lives because of their unbelief. And this really bothers me. Like, this bothers me in my own life. Like, I, I don't, I don't, listen to me, I don't wanna miss out on what God can do in my life. I don't, I don't wanna miss out on the amazing things that he can do with me. And I don't wanna put myself in a position where I don't experience his power, I don't experience his presence, where I don't, I don't want that in my life. And Jesus says, listen, there is a way where that can happen. That's what he's saying, there is a way where that can happen, and there are people, there are people, there are people who say they're Christians. There are people who would say they believe in God, and you would say you know God, but you're not living with any faith at all, no trust, no belief. And Jesus says, "Listen, you gotta. This is really important. He's like, I can't do anything with that. I I want to, but I can't do anything. That when you don't live like you really trust me, you don't live like you really believe. You can say it all you want, but I can't do anything with that. Now I want to be really clear. I want to be really clear before you hear something I'm not saying." Your level, listen to me your level of faith does not determine whether God does or does not do a miracle in your life do you hear me I want you to hear this very very clear it's not your level of faith that will determine uh, on, on whether God or not will, will do something God he, listen to me it's very clear God would, he could do a whole lot with even just a little bit of faith do you hear me even just a little bit he says even with the faith the size of a mustard seed sometimes listen that's all you can have sometimes that's all you can really muster up and, and here's what God's telling you I could do amazing things with that I could do amazing things with that. But what Jesus is saying, he's really clear. He's saying here is when there is no faith, when there's no trust, God cannot work with that. God won't do a miracle when there is no faith. Here's a third reason why God won't do miracles. It's when it disrupts his ultimate plan. It's when it disrupts his ultimate plan. (laughs) You know, the night, uh, the night where Jesus was arrested, the night before that he died on the cross, and he was with his guys, he was up in a garden, he was up in this like kind of hidden spot, uh, and, and he was with his guys, and they were praying, he was with his disciples, all but one. There's, there's one dude uh, that wasn't there, Judas, okay? And it's because Judas decided for some reason, to betray Jesus, and he, so he was with the Roman soldiers, and, and Judas said, hey, listen, you know, we're gonna go, and so they started to march up towards where Jesus and his disciples were, and Judas said, listen, the guy that I kiss, that's the one that you're gonna want, that's Jesus, that's who you're gonna arrest, and so they get into the garden, they see Jesus, everybody's there, Judas goes and kisses Jesus on the cheek, and then the soldiers, they come and they arrest Jesus, okay? And, and then Peter comes, I love this about Peter, he gets all fired up, and it says he grabs a sword, and he just, yak, he just does like this, ninja, and he cuts off one of the guy's ears, right? Great intentions, bad aim. Okay, like you know, just bad aim getting the old ear. He really missed big time. But, anyways, here's here's what happens. Here's what's amazing what Jesus does. Here's what happens. It says, But Jesus said, No more of this, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. So he performed a miracle, but not the one that the guys wanted to have happen. He did something miraculous, but it wasn't what these guys wanted because they wanted Jesus to stay with them. They wanted Jesus to be with them, and why not? He was awesome. Like, don't leave us. Don't don't do it. But he, he healed that guy, but he didn't stop the other guys from leading him to ultimately be put to death, and here's why. Here's what he says. He goes, listen, this is right after the moment. He says, man, don't you realize that I, could gotta catch this gang. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Sometimes the hardest reason to deal with, the hardest reason to deal with in this life is when God's ultimate plan is in place and and it doesn't always line up with our ultimate plan, everybody. That's the hardest one to deal with. This is how God actually puts it, though. He's trying to help us here, and this is what he's trying. He's like, I know, I know, but here's what I wanna tell you. But my thoughts are not your thoughts. I'm in a different plane than you. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. He's trying to say, man, as the heavens are higher than the earth, don't forget about where I'm coming from. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The thing is, God doesn't operate on our timing. He doesn't operate on our schedule. It's all God's. It's all his. He's the one who gave us life. He's the one who gave us breath. He's the one who gives us every moment of the life that we have. And it's tough to say, I know, it's still tough to see and be okay with it sometimes, isn't it? I know it is for me sometimes. It's tough to be okay with sometimes, I think, that he has a different economy than we do, that that he functions at an eternal level. He functions at an an eternal level that honestly doesn't sometimes equate with our earthly level. It just doesn't. It just doesn't compute with, with our earthly thinking. And some of you, I know some of you may say, man, but listen, if I were God, Andy, like if I were God, here's what I would do. I would remove all pain and suffering. Like there's no point of it. Like, I would just remove all of it right here on this earth. I would remove all pain and suffering on this earth. But, gang, even though that sounds right, I mean, it does. It sounds good and it sounds right. It sounds like a really good idea. But here's the thing, gang. See, erasing struggle, erasing suffering in this world would mean less appreciation for the ultimate joy and ultimate heaven that we will get to because there would be no hardship. We wouldn't know how to, we wouldn't have that. Less, it would mean less appreciation for righteousness because sin would never appear if there was no pain and no suffering. It would be less glory to God, less worship to him because you just wouldn't need it here on this earth. I think for a lot of people, and for a lot of people, the hardest and most disappointing times we have with God is in physical healing, isn't it? It is, it's in physical healing because it's obvious that happens. It is, you see it. It happens all the time. There are like diagnoses that just go away. their are cancer vanishes, sickness miraculously disappears, gets better. And we wonder, we wonder why does it happen here but not here? Why does this get better but not that? He didn't deserve it. Uh, I didn't deserve it and he did. Why, why did I get better? As sometimes we struggle through that as well. And and why didn't he do anything about it? Several years ago, uh, I was listening to a pastor who was was diagnosed and dealing with brain cancer. It was a really bad form of brain cancer. And he said that his friends would come up because they didn't think he was like really processing this correctly. And he said his friends would come up and say, hey, you know you might die. And he said, he looked at him and he goes, yeah, you too. Like that's what he would say to them. And his point, here's what his point was. His point was, listen, there are worse things in this life than dying from brain cancer. Way worse things. And not understanding the miracle and the true miracle of God and why Jesus came, that's one of the worst things that could happen. Because God, God's ultimate plan isn't that he gets physically better. It's that he actually gets eternally healed. And that's what he was trying to tell them. God does heal. Don't hear me wrong. He does do miracles. He still does it. But the reality is, the ra- listen to me, you're still gonna die. I'm still gonna die. We're not meant to be here on this earth. I mean, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He still died. You know, you catching me? He still died. And we need to catch, this is really important. This is really important. We need to catch this. Because of that, because of that, can I, I just, I wanna speak into your life a little bit right now. I wanna speak into your life just for a second. Gang, we need to be way less preoccupied with our physical condition than we should be with, we need to be way more preoccupied with our spiritual condition. Way more, way more occupied with our spiritual condition. We should be way, listen to me, parents, Parents, I hate to tell you this, but I feel like I need to tell you this. You should be way less worried about your kid's physical and academic and athletic condition and a whole lot more concerned about their physical position or spiritual position. Way more concerned about their spiritual position because nothing here lasts. Nothing here, I mean, we don't even need to take our bodies. Some of us say amen to that, right? It's like, oh yeah, I can't wait for a new hip, right? Like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, we're not even gonna be able to keep our bodies. Gang, here's the truth, here's the truth. This is the truth got to think about this. Without God, without God, pain still exists. Suffering happens. Loss happens. It's all real, okay? It still happens. But with God, with God, he doesn't let anything go to waste. He doesn't let anything make sense of it all with eternity. And, And it just changes your entire perspective on life, so those are just some reasons why I won't. There's a reason why I don't. So now let's look into this. Let's take that foundation and say, now, how do we also lean in on this God of miracles? How do we actually go forward with a God of miracles with this perspective and lean in on him? And I want you to just see this one more time, because here's what it says about him. Psalm 86 says this man, listen, God, you are a great and perform you are great and perform wonderful deeds. You alone are God. So three things uh, that, that we do. He has still doing miracles. He's still working and he wants to do miracles in your life even in the midst of the questions that we have, even in the midst of the doubts and and issues that, that we're having. He still wants to do it and so here's what we do. The first thing we do is say, I just gotta give God my problem. Just give God my problem. Whatever it is, just like give it to him. Be straight with him. Don't, don't just ask what you want, but really talk to him and tell him what is going on in your life. Be literal. Ask specific things. Spend time just coming to him with your anger, with your worry, with whatever it is. Talk to God. Give God my problem. Don't just ask what you need. Give him your whole problem. That's the first thing that you do. Here's the second thing that you do is I'm gonna also give God my priority. And I'm gonna give God my problem, and then I'm gonna also give him my, my priority. I think one of the biggest obstacles we face in this life right now, and it's getting worse and worse as we progress with, with our culture, I think the biggest obstacle we face with God is that it's so, so easy to become self-reliant. Isn't it? It's so easy to become self-reliant. We are, we are a self-reliant culture, but here's the thing. God's power is only revealed when we become God-dependent. You hear what I'm saying? And those are opposites. Those are like yin and yang. Like, I will not have God's power revealed to me. The more self-reliant I am, the less I will see God working in my life. And so here's what we do. So we give God the priority in our lives. Here's what I'm gonna, so I give God priority in my time. I give God priority in my actions and what I do, and what I speak. I want Him to see, man. That's a priority, and I'm mean, we give God priority in our prayers. Listen to me. I hope you know, praying isn't just something we do while we wait. Praying is powerful. It's a powerful, powerful thing. It invites the God of miracles into your life. It's powerful and brings focus and trust in. So we give God our problem, we give God our priority, and then here's the third thing we do to lean in on this God of miracles. That I give God my praise. Here's the catch, before the result. Before the result. Paul says it best here. This is what Paul says to us to say in Philippians 4 6. He says, Listen, so don't be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So he says, Listen, with thanksgiving, make your request. And if you notice what Paul is saying here is he's saying, Thanksgiving is attached to the request, not the outcome. You catching that? He's like, that's what we do, and I think many times what we do, gang, is we attach the thank you to the result, and, and Paul's like, no, 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 no. No, you got it wrong, man. It's thanks in the midst of this. Thanks in the middle of this, because I know who you are. I know what you've already done. I know how you gave me life. I know how you made me new, and so th- whatever I'm going through in this life, it's thanks before the outcome. One of the things uh, that I'm learning in my prayer life, not all the time, not all the time, but a lot of the times in my own prayer life is a lot of times what I need more than the results of my prayer, is the peace of knowing that God is just at work. And just just to sit in that and say, I know you're working. I can't see it, but I know that you're working. So we give God our problem. We give God our priority. We give God our pain. And then we also give him praise before the results. And gang, we live with hope. We live with hope. We live like we know that this here ain't it. Amen, everybody. That's how we live. I know for many of you right now, I know for me right now, is deeply personal. Like, I, I know the reality right now, I know there, are just with what we're going through, especially. With some of us, there's nothing that can be said sometimes that it's just just really hard to listen. It doesn't make a a bit of difference sometimes with with what we're going. It's right in your face and it's touching your soul with with God being a miracle worker. And and here's why I also know. I know because I've been there. I'm there right now, but I know that I've been there. I've been there when my dad died when I was 11 years old. There was no miracle. No miracle got rid of his depression. I was there, it was there for me when, when, it, when early in my 20s, I was laid up for about six months with just this debilitating pain, this infection in my body. I I There's nothing that could be done. I mean, I did everything I could. I was in cold water, hot water. I did everything I could and it just seemed like it would never, ever go away. There was just no ease in that pain and for many of us, like we're close to it right now with, with the, the loss of our friend John. We're there, we're in it and it's there right now but I'm here to tell you that God is still a miracle worker. He's still the God of miracles. And listen to me, I know, I mean, I, maybe I've been through more than some of you, but here's what I also know. I know that I have been through significantly less than some of you as well. But here's, just, I'm just giving you insight in my own life. I'm giving you insight into the conclusions that I've come and the choice that I've made. And I'm just still gonna trust him. I'm still gonna put my hope in him. And you may be saying, Andy, like I wanna I want right now, I, I just, I wanna feel the way you feel, I want to. I want you, but I can't get there right now. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. Then go to God. Talk to God. Give him everything. Give him your anger. He could take it, trust me. Give him everything you got and come to him. Talk to him. He wants you to, and he can handle it. I promise you that. And for me, here's my hope. Here's my choice. I will still choose to trust God. I will still choose to trust him. Even though I've experienced a lot of things, and and I've wished for things and hoped for things that didn't come through, I'm still going to choose to trust him because of what he's already done for me. And what he's gonna do for me and, and to believe that that even the miracles that won't happen, God can still work and nothing, nothing will go to waste. Nothing, listen to me, nothing is meaningless. That he will weave it in and he will weave it all for the glory of him, and it will all make sense one day when we're together with him. And we remember, gang, listen to me, we remember that hope is real. Whew, it's real. It is not something that we make up. It is not something we lean on when times come. It's not just a word that we throw up. It has real tentacles, man. It has real grasp. It has real grip on this life. We cling to it because it has traction. And it's our hope. Is the greater miracle. It's the greater thing. It's not the lesser ones down here. And I love how Jesus always points to that. Right? He's always pointing us that because he knew we would have a hard time with some of that stuff down here on earth. And so he's always flipping the script on us to understand that's why he's saying, man, like I know. And he says, he's like, I know you're focused on stuff down here, but man, put your focus on heaven. Right? He's like, I know that you're discouraged down here. I know you're struggling down here, but I want you to take heart and I want you to look up. I want you to look at me. I have a place prepared for you. It's ready. I've made it for you. The greatest miracle isn't down here is that you get to be with me forever. That's what he's telling you. That's what he's encouraging you with today. And while we live this life down here, we still believe in the God of miracles. Amen, everybody, we still believe. We still have a hope that tells us that we have a God who could do the miraculous. So yes, we pray for it. Yes. We pray for it to happen. And yes, we believe until the very end of things that something can happen, that God can do something. But no, we don't live like down here is it. We don't live like that because we have a greater miracle waiting for us. And gang, listen to me. It's why we celebrate Christmas. It's why we celebrate Jesus coming. The miracle of Christmas is that God came close to us. God in the flesh, Jesus, he came to us. The miracle of Christmas is not about us. About Jesus lowering himself down so he could be close to the brokenhearted, so he can experience what, he, what we experience, so he could tell you, and he could tell me, and he could tell anybody I know because I've been there. That he came down to, to, to say that I understand all about pain. I understand all about injustice. I understand all about suffering. And his message to all of us is this, that through his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection is that there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Hold on, hang on, have hope. There is a greater miracle waiting.
1: let violence and all hatred for born to us this prince of peace this christmas day our song shall hope and our hope has a name. His name is Jesus. Thank you for the encouragement of your word, uh, for the encouragement of the promise of what awaits us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.